Hey guys, uh, welcome to the first episode of our podcast, The Home and the Loan Show. My name is Sara Masan, and I will be one of your three hosts today. Now, I've been in the mortgage industry for about four years now, and I've been working as a dedicated mortgage specialist and a dedicated underwriter for about two. Um, and, you know, in this podcast, my goal really is to educate you guys on the mortgage market, uh, you know, how things are going to be in the future and, you know, what kind of developments we're going to be seeing. So stay tuned for that. And we can't wait to share everything that we have with you guys. I'll pass on to Kapil. That's awesome. Hey, everyone. My name is Kapil. Uh, I work, I'm a realtor. I work with Century 21 Atrio Realty. Um, we have multiple offices across the GTA and we do a variety of work with resale homes, pre-construction, so on and so forth. We're VIP, um, we're VIP brokerage with multiple pre-construction projects. Um, and we have a, a long-standing history of, of supporting our clients in multiple ways. Uh, most recently, we were ranked number four in Canada in terms of, sorry, number four in the world uh, in terms of production, number two in Canada. Um, so we have a great support system, great support staff that really um, focuses on supporting our clients in every way possible. So like Sarv mentioned, our goal is going to be to share all our information, share our knowledge based on what we're talking in the industry, based on what we're hearing, um, based on what we're doing with our clients to maximize how we can help you guys through this podcast. Great, man. Um, my name is Subban Sundari, guys. Um, I am one of the directors here at Affinity Mortgage Solutions. I work alongside Swar quite a bit, uh, quite frequently. So we're a team here. We've got about 150 agents at the brokerage. So a uh, wealth of knowledge uh, for you guys that we want to bestow on you in terms of the mortgage industry and, of course, the housing industry as well uh, here today. I think we're going to be learning a lot, um, you know, from ourselves. And then we're going to also, you know, be giving that information to you as well for, for those who are, uh, you know, Looking to get into the market, who are not sure about the market, that's what we're here for. We want to make sure that you guys are taken care of in the right way. Um, I think it's going to be a great podcast. I've got about 10 years now coming up on experience in the industry. So uh, between the three of us, you know, there's a lot to talk about, a lot to uh, get to. So, you know, let's, uh, let's get to it. Let's, let's do this. For sure, for sure. Uh, so now, since you guys may know, I'm a mortgage agent, Subin's a mortgage agent, and we have a couple who's also a real estate agent. So our goal is going to be to kind of look at these things through both perspectives real estate and mortgages because there are some differences and maybe we can help our insights, uh, you know, share them with you uh, from both kind of points of view. Um, so starting off, our topic today is going to be, you know, what to expect from 2023 uh, as far as the real estate and mortgage market is concerned and how things are looking right now. So like a couple, for example, like since you're a real estate agent, yeah, what have you seen so far in the market? Yeah. So like if we look back a year ago, we look back two years ago, we've definitely seen there was this huge spike in prices, interest rates were down, the pandemic hit, um, the government was trying to help Canadians in any way possible. Mm -hmm. People took advantage of that. It was it was great. Um, they were able to buy more homes. And now what we're seeing is that interest rates have come up again, inflation is high. Um, and so as a result of that, home sales have gone down, prices have come down, um, which is really just the market stabilizing to new conditions. We're seeing buyers and sellers on both sides trying to adapt to these new conditions, understand what works for them, what doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, and that has resulted in, like I said, like a reduction in home sales, um, lower prices. But in general, I think everyone in the industry is very optimistic about 2023. We're optimistic about what's to come in, you know, in spring, which is right around the right around. But um, right up to fall, we're expecting a lot of activity. We're expecting a lot of uh, movement in the market with people once they've adapted, once they've got comfortable with interest rates kind of stabilizing. I'll let you guys touch on that. Mm -hmm. um, we're expecting a lot more people to go back right into real estate because it's a great investment, especially in, in Ontario, in Canada. That's, yeah, that's amazing. Man. Absolutely that's amazing. You know, I think a year ago this time, we're in February of 2023 now. In February 2022, mm -hmm. it was an absolute frenzy. Yeah. You yeah. know, 
had never seen real estate prices go as high as they mm-hmm. were last year. Yeah. So we had the classic case of, you know, Canadians who had a lot of equity in their homes yeah. looking to refinance or put a home equity line of credit on the place, mm-hmm. right? They're using those funds, putting the 20% down to buy another investment property on yeah. a variable rate, mind yeah. you, right? Yeah. So if you're doing this two, three, four times on a variable rate mortgage, yeah. you know, it can be unforgiving in this market because we've seen that our, you know, Bank of Canada's raised the rate to 6.7% is what we're sitting at right now. Mm-hmm. You know, highest it's been in a couple of years, yeah, right? Sure, so. Sure. Naturally, those clients who who made those investments last year, they're running into problems now where they feel like you know they're strapped for cash. Uh, they can't afford to make these high interest rate payments on multiple homes. And uh, I think we're starting to see the market percolate a little bit again now, right? Um, there is some movement. I think clients are looking to like you know buy that's again okay. with mm-hmm. these lower prices that are coming into play. And I think yeah. that that really bodes well for the economy. That really bodes well for first-time home buyers, especially mm-hmm. um, who you know have been waiting on the sideline, seeing what's going to happen. I would definitely say now's the time to buy. I think 2023 is going to be a great year for all. Absolutely, and I think and I think there's a lot to play in there, right? Because when we talk about February 22, like a pandemic causing interest rates to fall as low as they did, that's like a once in a century opportunity, yeah. once in a century like thing that's going to happen, and people are still using that as a comparison to really see how they should make decisions now. And I think what's really important for for sellers and buyers both to understand is, you know, that was past. This is the market we're in going forward. You know, the, what we expect is that there's going to be the stabilization, there's going to be changes, and we have to adapt to that. Exactly. Um, and we have to move with that. It's, it's going to be hard to compare to the past and make decisions for how we should behave now. So yeah. I think based on that, we're at the back. We can ask, you know, what are we seeing with interest rates? What do we expect to happen? Where are we going with this? Yeah, it's yeah. honestly like just building up upon, upon Super's point as well. Uh, February 2022, man, like this all starts from the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. And the government's goal was to basically stimulate the economy, right? Because everything shut down, um, you know, stores are closed, the economy has to be running somehow, yeah, right? Yeah. Interest rates went down. The lowest we actually seen was 0.99, right? Yeah. Right? Which was <laughs> yeah. crazy. Unheard of. I want to make that just, I want to jump in real quick, guys. Yeah. You won't see 0.99 again. Like, this is a new norm. That was not an economy that was sustainable. We mm-hmm. won't see those sub 1% rates. Absolutely. Yeah. Not possible. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, we, we've seen those rates as well. And that is because, you know, uh, the lower the mortgage payments, obviously the clients have, you know, the citizens in general, like they have much more money to spend on other things, right? And that's how the economy kind of gets simulated, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you need that money. Uh, there's a lot of investments happening. Uh, during the pandemic, I think we were the busiest we've ever been. A lot of people were, were home, but but we were honestly the busiest we've ever been in the market. Lots of refinances because there's a lot of equity in people's houses, right? So from then on, things have changed quite a bit. Um, you know, obviously inflation was sitting around 8%. Uh, the Bank of Canada's goal is to bring it down to about 2% by the end of 2024, which is, you know, a pretty big task as we have about two years till then. And, you know, because of that, interest rates have been going up, right? Because now, since the mortgage payments are much steeper than they used to be, obviously people have less money to spend right. on other things. Yeah, right. So that supply demand mismatch is going to be balanced quite a bit. Um, but yeah, looking at interest rates going forward, man, I think, you know, no one really has a crystal ball. We're not sure if, you know, no one's going to be fully sure if uh, rates are going to stop here. But from what we've seen in economists' predictions and everything, yeah. uh, they should be stabilizing. They right. should be stabilizing, right? And, and, yeah. the, and the biggest hikes should be behind us. Yeah. Uh, here's hoping to that, right? But a lot of the people, like Subin mentioned, uh, that were having variable mortgages at 0.99, yeah. those mortgages are like 4.99, 5% now, even right. 6%, right? So it is getting hard to carry these properties 
And so even in this down market, a lot of these investors have to sell their properties because selling at a loss is still better than, you know, burdening another property, um, you know, going into your, your savings just to pay off the mortgage for that. Right. So yeah. uh, rates should be stabilizing. That is the, that is the hope. And there is a lot of immigration expected as well uh, in the coming uh, couple of years. So yeah. And when we housing, right. And when we say like this should stabilize, we're expecting this optimism, mm-hmm. you know, what are the main indicators? Like, why do we say that is inflation kind of calming down? What, what is the main driving factor that we can now say that? Okay. Yes. But what, like, what is the reason economists can say that? Yeah. Interest rates should start like, kind of tapering off now. I think if you look at it from like the economic perspective, you know, we're not economists, but what mm-hmm. we can say is that as of February, 2023, right now, when we're recording this podcast, Inflation is starting to look like it's in the rear view a little bit. Okay, yeah. so we can move past that. Yeah. Economy is definitely stabilizing. Mm-hmm. Um, number of jobs out there for people who want them. So that's that's a key indicator that okay, hey, you know, even though incomes may not ha- may not be going up per se, there are jobs available. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that in comparison to the amount of inventory we have, you know, there's been a lot made about what inventories in Canada do we have enough. Do we have too little, right. you know, uh, you know, take your pick on that point. But I think that in terms of inflation, it's leveling off. We're starting to see things kind of come. Eventually, they will slowly go back to normal. It's going to be yeah. a slow train, yeah. Yeah. but it, it will it will come back to normal eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, as of right now, it, it is, as far as said, it's hard to predict what it's going to be in a couple of years, in a couple of months time even. But yeah. I think in terms of the, the Fed setting that rate at 6.7%, this is what it's going to be for the next little while. Mm-hmm. So... People can get used to these rates, you know, financially prepare yourselves for, for what it's going to be like right now. Mm-hmm. Um, your mortgage payments are going to be, you know, at least stable. They won't be going up. They may not come down, but at least you know what you're going to be paying for the next little while, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the, the, the inflation numbers, guys, like Canada was one of the first G7 countries to actually increase our rates, right? Mm-hmm. right. So once we did that, now we're starting to see Bank of England, ECB, the European Central Bank, mm-hmm. starting to raise those rates too. You know, yeah. it, it, it all kind of follows that chain. Yeah. So with the amount of, uh, you know, immigrants coming in, with the amount of people coming in in the next couple of years, I think I saw a stat where it said 500,000 new immigrants coming into Canada every year. Yeah. That's yeah. the most of any G7 nation, Absolutely. right? The yeah. most. Mm-hmm. So it, it only bodes well for the economy. It's yeah. going to help us out, guaranteed, because these people are... They're coming in, they're hardworking people. Yeah. You know, a lot of them are bringing money with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're able to settle down here. They want to buy homes here. Um, that's going to bode well for us. That's going to bode well for the economy here. It bodes well for money circulating through, through you know, Ontario's economy, at least, mm-hmm. right? which is where we are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be benefiting Canada as, as a whole. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you're, and you're right. You know, those are the main driving factors why we see those optimism. If there's interest rates, sure, they should be stabilizing. But you then see all these millennials, yeah. <laughs> right? They're living in their parents' basements. They have to move out. They have to afford yeah. their first home. They have to start their families, which they are, and they want to buy their homes for that. Yeah. You yeah. see immigrants coming in. You see them coming with a large amount of cash. You see students oh, who are yeah. still able to afford homes yeah. Yeah. Um, with money they're able to get from their parents from whichever country they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, you have mom and dad's banks, right? Yeah. They're funding yeah. uh, millennials to, to afford new homes. Yeah. And I think a huge thing in this, though, is, is this understanding that you know, your parents were able to afford their first home to be this massive detached home or a semi-detached <laughs> home, but as no a millennial, yeah, no, now you have to start with a one-bedroom, two-bedroom condo, yeah, and right. you have to make your, you have to make your uh, way up to, to a larger home, yeah. right, to build on that equity. But I think a large question a lot of people will think about is when we talk about the real estate market right now, mm-hmm. and we talk about interest rates going up, are there people who are unable to 
close on their deals. And if they are, we're seeing that in the real estate market, right? And I'm going to say this as well. If you're an investor and you're thinking about buying, this is a great time to get yeah. on assignment sales because there are people who yeah. booked homes who aren't able to close and you know they're selling at minimum profit just to cover closing costs, just to cover um, fees that they have to do and just sell the home. So you're getting great prices, right? Because on resale, prices have come down to maybe maybe 2020, 2019. Yeah. They haven't gone anything before below what we saw before the pandemic, but they have mm -hmm. gone down. But if you are an investor looking for pre-construction, assignment sales are great. Yeah. But let's say you're an investor who bought a pre-construction project and you know your, your condo is about to close, your home is about to close, and you're not able to meet the budget. What options do they have for you guys as mortgage agents if they come to you? How can they close your home? So there's actually a couple of reasons why people are not able to close. Yeah. Now, Subin's going to be able to expand on this as well. But first of all, when people book these homes, mm -hmm. right, at that time, the stress test, which stress test was actually introduced in 2017. And that's one of those things where the government put it in place because the interest rates were about 2 or 3%, mm -hmm. right? We qualify you at 525 just to see if the interest rates were to go up, would you still be able to afford your mortgage? Right. So if we expand on that, so how exactly does it work for the stress test first? So, so for example, if your rate is 2%, right? It's either going to be your contract rate plus 2 okay, or 5.25%, whichever is higher. I see, whatever standard. And, and, and right now, man, like obviously you see with the interest, interest rates as well, um, nothing's going to qualify at 5.25%, right. right? It's going to be contract rate plus 2 because that is the higher one, mm -hmm. right? And so when people were actually booking these properties, Whatever mortgage agent they went to, uh, you know, they'd be pre-qualifying pre them, pre-approving them, ask for 5.25%. Right. Now what's happening is when we're actually closing, the rates are at 4%, 5%, 6%. Mm -hmm. Now instead of 5.25, I have to qualify you at 7%. Right. Or 8%. Right. And in that case, your income stayed the same, mm -hmm. but your qualification decreased quite a bit because your mortgage yeah. payments actually went up. Right. Right. So now that's one of the reasons. The second reason is because the property prices have gone down. When, when people go for an appraisal on the property, the, the, the values aren't being supported right. at all, right? So I actually saw a situation uh, the other day wherein uh, a bank was able to give a mortgage of $900,000, but the appraisal came in much lower. Okay. So the so the the mortgage amount went down to 800000 because you guys may not know this, but with most banks, we can go only go up to 80% loan to value, right? Okay. If your property is a million dollars, yeah, we can go up to $800,000 in mortgage amount, right? right? For a conventional mortgage. Now, since this mortgage amount went down to 800000 the client had to arrange $100,000 in extra equity. Mm -hmm. Now, that's where that's one of the, the ways we come in, wherein we have access to second mortgages, right? HELOC products, right? Um, and that's where we could kind of go and say that, you know what, you're short $100,000. This is a temporary solution for you. Mm -hmm. Yes, the interest rates are going to be a little bit higher, but it's better than a private option, right? right? And we can actually get you a second mortgage that is, you know, still sustainable to carry for mm -hmm. a year or two years. Right. And you can keep making your payments on it until you kind of get back on your feet and have the savings to pay it off. Right. Right. So that's one of the solutions that we have. And right. I'm sure that's who we can, you know, expand on that. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's a quick plug for affinity point solutions <laughs> right here, guys. So right here, right you know, here. I think Swarov actually told me this morning about a story about clients who yeah. the day of closing, same mm -hmm. situation, you know, they, they had bought a pre-construction, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and the value came in a hundred thousand dollars less of what it was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. They had to cough up a, a substantial amount of money, right? Mm -hmm. Lawyer's office the day of closing gives them says, Hey, you know what, don't worry, I got you covered. Mm -hmm. Uh we'll give you a second mortgage behind the first private loan, um, twenty percent interest with a ten percent lender fee or something, which is like sense. absolutely ridiculous, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's why it's so important. If uh, you as a buyer, you need to educate yourself and I don't feel you you this is why you work with mortgage agents, yeah. because if you don't know the affordability of, of what you're getting into, then you know you can't 
foresee that type of circumstance to say, okay, do we need to make provisions, you know, in case we have a substantial amount of builder charges, mm-hmm. in case our appraisal comes in a bit low, you know, yeah. that's where we come in. That's where we say, okay, this is plan A, plan B, plan C, in case, you know, it doesn't work out for you, this yeah, is what yeah. we have for you. And obviously, it's not going to be some ridiculous rate with a ridiculous fee. We're here to help our clients. That's what we built our yeah. name on in the community for so long, right? So, mm-hmm. um, if you're unsure, if your client is unsure about what's going to be happening, you know, call your your call one of us, mm-hmm. right? Or your realtor in this case, can yeah. you call and and, yeah. and and say, hey, you know, I'm I'm stuck in this kind of situation where I'm not able to kind of make up this, the rest of the down because this is what's going to be happening for the next couple of months, foreseeably mm-hmm. in you know in the future in 2023 anyway, yeah. as we're shooting this. Mm-hmm. Um, we speak to someone first. You know, you have to educate yourself on these types of situations. Um, in terms of rates, I mean, we can get into that, but I assure you, it's not going to be you know, an arm and a leg charge of, of what you might be getting from someone who sure. is trying to take you for a ride because you need to be able to recognize that. Mm-hmm. Right. No, that's a very good point. And I think when we talk about these interest rates and we talk about all this change, what, what options do they have in terms of, like, are there, are there different levels of lenders that they can go to uh, yeah. based on risk? Like, how does that work? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, right now, you've got your, so I guess just a quick crash course on, on mortgage lending here. You have, you start off with your, your big, Schedule A banks, your big five mm-hmm. banks, right? right? You've got your CIBCs, your RBCs, right? Um, you know who those are. Mm-hmm. Below them, we have a tier called Schedule B banks, right. which is your home trust, community trust, first national, yeah. um, you know, CWB. Right. Um, those are banks that we work with right now. And mm-hmm. then, of course, you have your private lenders who are, you know, XYZ in the third. We've got a number of those yeah, access yeah. to them, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're doing well this year. Um, I would say that as of now, you know, anybody who was qualifying at that Schedule A bank because rates mm-hmm. were so low last year, um, equity was so high, you know, income was was good. Those clients no longer that that affordability with these rate hikes is no longer there, right? Yeah, right. Most of them, almost exclusively, all the deals that we've been doing this year, and it's only been one month, but what we've been doing this year has been with Schedule B banks, has been with Schedule C banks, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. In many cases, Kapil, those banks have better interest rates than Schedule A banks. Yeah, already. Okay? Wow. Yeah. So that's something that clients may not know about is that these banks are here to help. They, if, they, if you can get a better interest rate with, let's say, a community trust versus a Scotia Bank, mm-hmm. I, we understand clients like the, the name of a Scotia Bank. You know, it right. feels secure to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in this market, you have to really start expanding your mind it, and you know the, the notion that, hey, if I can't get that, you know, with Scotia Bank, can I get something better somewhere else? Mm-hmm. And they operate just as these big banks do, right? right? At the end of the day, you have to think about how am I going to keep a roof over my head? Can I afford these yeah. payments? Yeah. You're going to go to the bank with, you know, with the, with the lowest in- rate of interest. Or a bank that's going to be easier to qualify, yeah, right. right? These Schedule B banks are, they're great. They're great for the economy. They're great for, for, for first-time home buyers and, and investors alike. Yeah. And a lot of times in a lot of pockets in, in, in the GTA, let's say a place like a, a, an Oshawa, maybe a, an Oxbridge, right? Mm-hmm. Places like that, most, most of the lenders operating in those areas are not your Schedule A banks. Yeah, they're they're right. these B banks, they're these C banks. Mm-hmm. They have a majority of the market share there. Mm-hmm. And we're going to start looking at that as the new norm now. Yeah, exactly. That's a great point. And, and, you know, this is great. I think we'll transition a bit. Like, this is, these are the options buyers have. But what buyers do we currently see in the market, right? So I think it's fair to say for the last two years, we saw a combination of a lot of people who were either international investors, um, local investors, uh, uh, investors that were owning a home and buying the next home, but basically investors of some sort trying to get in the real estate market mm-hmm. along with first-time home buyers and people just trying to get a bigger home. Yeah. Right. And now what we're seeing is investors realize that hey, with these high interest rates, the payback time can be longer. It may be a bit more difficult. Yeah. Um, and so you see 
you still have a great deal of investors in the market, but you definitely see a lot more push from first-time home buyers because you have a combination of those buyers who couldn't get in the market two years ago, who are now trying to get in with lower prices, yeah. plus new home buyers, people who are still trying to start their families, trying to get in the market at the same time. So, like, and for first-time home buyers, it can be really difficult, right? Because you have to take people who don't really understand how the real estate market works. This, this is your first home. And I always say your first home is the hardest, right? Because you don't know how the process works. You don't have the equity built up and you, you really make a lot of money after your first home off of the home. But until you don't get into the market, it's really hard yeah. to get your second, your third home. Right. So when we talk about first home buyers, what options do they have, right? Because they may not be going to uh, worrying about, you know, my second, third mortgage yet. They're just worrying about how do I even get qualified? Right. So, so what do they have to consider? So, first of all, obviously you have a CMAT product, mm -hmm. right? And that's a mature product. Right. What you do is a sort of twenty percent down payment. Yeah. You can go as low as five percent. Mm -hmm. So, for the first zero to five hundred thousand dollars in property value, mm -hmm. you can go up to five percent. Right. So that's a minimum down payment. Yeah. And from the five hundred thousand dollars to nine hundred ninety-nine thousand dollars. Yeah. Ten percent for the remaining. I see. Right. Okay. So a million dollars is the max uh, property value that you can go for. Okay. Right. So working with the realtor. The property is listed at about you know a million dollars. Yeah, ask them to lower just a little bit, right? If, you, if they can just uh, fit into that insured product, right? Right, so they have that. Uh, there is an insurance premium involved, mm -hmm. right? But in that case, I've I've seen a lot of first-time home buyers go with this insured product because they have good incomes, they have good jobs, good occupations, mm -hmm. but the down payment is a bit of an issue, right? So I've seen a lot of that, and I'm sure Subin has as well, right? Um, that's one of the products that we're dealing with. The other solution for first-time home buyers is. Um, a first-time homebuyer incentive offered by the government of Canada. Okay. So they can actually help you with down payment. In the case of a resale property, it's 5%. So they will match your down payment. And in the case of uh, a pre-construction, it's either 5 or 10%, right? Now, one of the caveats with that, though, is that, say if you're in the GTA, uh, your max income can only be $150,000. Okay. And the max pro uh, mortgage amount that you can go for is four and a half times that. I see. Okay. Right? And in the case of outside of the GTA, uh, your max income can only be $120,000 okay. and four times uh, your income. So that's one of the caveats. And when you are selling the property off, uh, they're not going to be looking at how much they gave you. Mm -hmm. They're going to be looking at the percentage. Right. So say if you've sold the property off for a million dollars, they're going to take 5% off that million, right. which is $50,000, even though they may have only given you $20,000 or $25,000. Right. Right. So that's one of the caveats. That's one of the things that I kind of tell my clients when they ask about this product, um, you know, that's that's where I guess we have to look at their financial situation. Right. Right. If they are really short on down payment, definitely will work. It makes sense, right? Because when you eventually sell the home, yes, they take fifty thousand. Yeah. But hey, you get the rest. You get the rest, right? Yeah. And you're, exactly. you're able to get your next home. Exactly. Yeah. And you can keep it for as long as you want. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Right? So exactly. you let that equity build. Mm -hmm. It's a great, great product. I think. Yes. You know, guys. So you want you want to run that back and listen to what Swar said again because it's definitely something to take advantage of mm -hmm. for first-time home buyers. Yeah. And I think that kind of leads me to you know. The question of people hearing that are going to say, well, okay, based on my income, the average income, I could probably only get a place for like four hundred thousand, you know, five hundred thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah, yeah. And and that's what kind of leads me to you know clients' expectations now, especially mm -hmm. for first-time buyers. Yeah. Or you know they could be you know fresh out of university, getting into their first you know kind of uh, you know transitionary role or like that that, that entry-level position where they're making enough to be able to put a roof over their head in the terms of a condo, yeah. a condominium. Yeah. And what I tell a lot of first-time homebuyers that I speak to, they always say, well, we want a detached home. Our parents had a detached home. Yeah. We want yeah. to have that first exactly. home detached or a semi or something, you know, you know, something that is a bit bigger than a condo. Yeah. Yeah. With yeah. a garden, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I say, okay, I, I understand that. Mm -hmm. But 
a condo is not a bad investment at all. I think it's a great investment. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's just a reality that you know these kids have to get into condos, right? Yeah, Before absolutely. they can kind of take that next step, let the equity build in it. Um, and, and and I've always been a firm believer that the condo market is very steady in that sense, right? Mm-hmm. You won't see it going up too much. You won't see it coming down too much. Yeah. So there's a great opportunity there to be able to build that equity. So yeah, I think that's a great exactly. opportunity. Because what do you think about the condo market? Yeah. These first timers that are getting into the market. The condo market, like you said, it's it's very strong. It's it, there's a lot of demand constantly. When we see when we talk about current first-time home buyers getting into condos, what they know is that five years from now, ten years from now. When you have all these immigrants coming in, when you have continuous supply of first-time home buyers, yeah. they will also be starting with those same condos. Right, exactly, right? So the right. demand for condos is not going down. Yeah. Right. The demand for real estate that is affordable is not mm-hmm. going down. Yeah. And there's a lot of activity right now to you know get in that market. Whether it's pre-construction, pre-construction projects for condos are not stopping. Yeah. They they are an all-time high. You have amazing projects which are going on yeah. all across the GTA, Hamilton, mm-hmm. Niagara, everywhere because. It is a great way to live. And, and there's a lot of benefits to condos as well. Yes, compared to a home, you don't have a garden. Yeah. But a lot of condos are built in prime real estate locations, right? Yeah. In the middle of downtown Toronto. Yeah. You have all the amenities you need right in one building, right under one roof, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And you so, don't have to shovel, right? And you don't have to shovel snow, no, exactly. No shovel. Right? Especially yeah. in this kind of weather. This is February 22. We just coming yeah. out of a snowstorm. You've been shoveling for a week, right? Yeah. You, yeah. In a condo, you don't have to yeah. deal with that. So yeah. there's a lot of benefits to the condo market. And because mm-hmm. of that, you know, I always recommend to first time home buyers that you know this is a great way to get into the real estate market, yeah. right? To understand how it works. Yeah. Um, and you will grow from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there is that optimism, yeah. there is that stability in condo yeah. um, real estate. So yeah, so that's really the condo market. And and I think when we talk about first time home buyers as well, another thing to consider is like you said, like the practicality that you can afford mm-hmm. and try to understand where you place yourself in this market. And yeah. And when we talk about this market, when we talk about demand, right? I feel like it's understood. Everyone talks about, you know, oh yes, there is a demand, right? There, there are people who are looking to buy. But when we talk about the numbers, you know, I just we put an offer in. I'm working with first-time home buyers. We put an offer in last week, and um, it was for a home in Mississauga. It was a beautiful home. They really wanted it. We put a, a fair asking price on it, mm-hmm. and we saw that property come with 26 other offers. 26, 26 wow. other offers. That What that tells us is that on that one property, this good piece of real estate, which sold within 15 days, right? Yeah. The average sale price right now is 40 days for a home GTA, mm-hmm. which is which is fair for a, yeah. for a normal market where you have a good, you know, good amount of buyers, you have sellers there, which is a fair, it, it, it's a bit slower than you would compare two years ago, but, you know, you have uh, real estate available, but this was gone in 15 days, 26 other offers. What that tells us is that it was 26 other first time or 26 other people looking to buy this home. So yeah. that demand hasn't changed. Yeah. What we are seeing, though, is on the supply side. Mm-hmm. You know, you're comparing yourself to the Smiths down the road who a year ago sold their home for um, $1.4 and now you have to sell your home for $1.2, yeah. right? So yeah. sellers have this, you know, this um, kind of restriction that they're kind of putting on themselves, trying to compare themselves to what the market was a year ago, a year and a half ago. And so yeah. what we're seeing is, to add on to the fact that Ontario already doesn't have enough homes to, uh, you know, for everyone to, to live, you now have sellers who are resilient to get into the market. So yeah. the supply-demand uh, misbalance is just getting worse. It's aggravated, right, yeah. with mm-hmm. these sellers who aren't ready to take that first step. And what they have to remember is, yes, it's true, you may not get the sale price that, like I said, the Smiths on the road did of a year ago, mm-hmm. but 
you will benefit when the home you're looking to buy, your next bigger home, is also at currently a discounted price. Yeah. Right, and we're seeing so much activity in that 600 to 800 market range because that's where affordability has kind of lined up with yeah. first-time home buyers, um, which is a bit above condos, perhaps townhouses as well, in like the Peel, Durham regions. And with that activity, if you own that kind of home, if you're looking to sell, well, it's a great time to upsize and get into a bigger home, which yeah. you can get a good deal on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's really something to keep in mind, something to consider. Yeah, absolutely. I like that. Uh, perfect. So. Um, we're going to wrap up the session right here. Uh, well, I think we have some pretty good points. That's right? definitely. And next week, I think we're going to be getting into commercial mortgages. We'll mm -hmm. get a commercial specialist as well. So this was amazing. And I hope you guys were able to learn something as well. So we'll see you next week. And definitely make sure to tune in. All right? Make sure. Thank you, Thanks, everyone. Guys. Yeah. See Thank you, guys. See you next week.